This is Jesse Jeronen and you're listening to Full on Focus podcast. So good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening to you, however you may be listening, and wherever you may be listening. This is the Full and Focus podcast. Um, before we get started, first we'd like to thank Jesse Yorin for opening the show. The Finnish international joined Fulham's academy in 2009 and made his debut against Ipswich away in our first match post-relegation from the Premier League in that awful, awful time when Felix Mgath thought he was thought he was first choice goalkeeper. Jesse Arden now applies his trade uh, with FC Copenhagen in Denmark, and we wish him all the very best for him with the rest of his career. Maybe, you know, they say never go back, but we did have Clint Dempsey. I quite like to see him back because I think he's a fine player, a fine, fine outstanding gentleman as well. I had a good uh, discussion with him away at Sutton United, your preseason friend. He's a lovely chap, and we love, and I'd absolutely love to see him back. So, Jesse Arden, we salute you. <laughs> Yes, a chant that the hammy end would usually reserve for Fulham's opponents, but after you know current events, recent events, I think it's fair to say that plenty of us are going to be shouting that at our own players. They have done it, you know, they obviously did on the weekend, and it's probably going to be you know, keep on going against Spurs. But we'll get to that. First off, let's introduce our panel for tonight. Uh, joining me uh, all the way from, I'm not going to give his location away, just in case... Um, some unsavoury things are said. We know that uh, he can occasionally get some backlash. It's Mark Wyatt. Mark, good evening to you. Good evening, Matthew. Good to speak to you. Good. Even good to speak to you even after the uh, bad run of results we've been on. <laughs> Someone's got to talk about it. It may as it may as well be us. And uh, joining us in this pile of misery that is the current state of Fulham Football Club, it is John Shaw. John, a good evening to you as well. Evening, chaps. Evening. Right. Let, let, enough waiting around. We've got to get into it. Fulham uh, losing away to Burnley, two own goals. Let's just get let's just get straight into the meat of this. When the first, when the team first came out, because there been there was a lot of talk. I think uh, me and John were on the show last week, previewing and discussing how we should attack Burnley, seeing as they are, you know, somewhat a weaker side in the Premier League. And you know, should we play defensive? Should we go for a more attacking formation? And we decided to stick with the five at the back. That's what five two three. The Ranieri seems to have been favoured. Mark, what were your first thoughts when you saw when you saw that uh, formation, that team come out? Um, I was surprised uh, at a couple of things. I think seeing that obviously um, Kenny had, uh, had again been put on the bench, I think that's the right call at the moment. Uh, I've got separate thoughts about Kenny and him being the captain, but in a in a in a true sense of just you know playing against this Burnley team, I don't think Kearney would have been right to start. So I think we got that call right. Again, playing five at the back, I think continuity continuity, sorry, is, is what kind of hampered us so much during that first half of the season. So it, it's nice to kind of see uh, the same familiar faces making up that back five. I think that's going to be really important if we, uh, well, looking like it's going to be really important for when we have to try and save our season. And then obviously we had the return of Sherlock who kind of, you know, uh, a lot of fans get on his back, and quite rightly so. He's had some poor performances, but then he does something like that in the in the second minute, and I think immediately everyone who was going, "Oh, really, Sherlock?" 
before was going, oh, yeah, nice, Sherla, uh, as soon as we kicked off. so uh, And the rest of the team kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, sure. Now, you mentioned continuity and, you know, with the five at the back, you know, we chopped and changed a lot at the start of the season. And obviously, Ranieri seems to have fit, uh, have this idea of going five at the back now as the way as the way to, you know, keep a clean sheet, you know, defensive minded first. But, you know, as you know, as me and John said last week, this is Burnley a weaker side. Do you not think that maybe we should have gone with a more a more attacking lineup? Maybe maybe go back to the four three three, or maybe or maybe even try match Burnley with a four four two. I think anything is a risk at the moment, to be honest. And I think if you just look at the way we played when we went up against Newcastle, who man for man, I'd say we had a better team though, uh, against them. And but you you go away to these games and you know in in different atmospheres and across the country. And, you kind of you don't want to be using your away games like that as a chance to kind of you know go hell for leather and just and just go for a result in in a way that especially Ranieri he he wants to play a certain way and we've seen how confused these players can get before so I, I think the formation is is quite important that we stick to it regardless of who we play the first half of the season season should have showed us that it doesn't matter who we play you know we're we're capable of conceding four goals to Cardiff and five goals to Arsenal. You know, there's not a there's not a difference here. We have to kind of stick to one kind of resolute plan. And, and that's maybe the only real shining light of Ranieri's tenure for me is, is kind of keeping the defence, you know, a, a, a little bit more compact. Baths, you know, some performances, you know, Arsenal, Man United sticking, sticking ahead. But there you go. Yeah, same question to you, John. Did, did you agree with what Ranieri decided to, to decide to go with? You know, obviously, it may he may have uh, gone about it with the best of intentions, but at the end of the day, we lost, so it was the it was the wrong it was the wrong intentions. Do you agree with how he set up, or would you have gone for a more, for a more attack minded formation and uh, maybe change a couple of personnel while you're in there? Um, to be honest, I don't really agree with Ranieri's lineups in general, but. Um... <clears throat> I, I think on the last pod, I called very close to the team that started to start. And I think it was almost written in, you know, it was almost written a week in advance. Who would start? I think AK, um, Shirley, Sess, you know, you're, you're, you're picking between which two of those three start. Um, AK not even on the bench. I believe there might have been a, a bust up or, or God knows. I mean, it's all rumours, isn't it? Similar to what Mark was saying, you know, you, you, you can't pick different teams each week and expect all of a sudden this team to become brilliant you know it's not you know it's not the aligning of an aligning of the stars you know you you need to you often need to work at something so if you pick the same team then the players have a chance to get better you can't chop and change formation and and, and players each week and, and expect all of a sudden oh my god we've we, we've looked over this amazing um format the whole time and all of a sudden this is um this is working for us. It, it 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 was always what was going to be picked. I'm kind of with, I'm against kind of what we're picking. But if we're going to pick something, we need to stick with it and hope the players improve. So no surprises, and the defense has been poor and has has been better under Ranieri, if not good. So yeah, no surprises and. It kind of it was all I thought very predictable, but not necessarily in a bad way. No, not necessarily in a bad way, but there was obviously some bad moments, and we've got to, we've got to talk about them eventually. So we may as well talk onto them now because it does sort of lean on from the whole formation. And I want to give credit to uh, Matt Dom, our, our well-respected colleague from the podcast and from the rest of the website, who made this point in the as I 
mentioned every single time the uh, very exclusive and much wanted to join a full and focus WhatsApp group. He made the point that you make your own you make you make your own luck. If you play with everyone back, chances are the blocks will end up going in. And basically, what he basically the point or how I've interpreted it is that if you play with so many people defending your goal, then there's just a mesh and a mass a mass of bodies in there where you know chances for a shot or a cross just end up end up going in. Whereas if you play, you know. No, less at the back, less bodies in there. There's chances that all those balls just sail right on through or sail right through to the keeper. Because that basically came about because that's how our two, uh, you know, the two own goals were scored. Just too many players back when you know back when Burnley were attacking. Do you do you think that comes down to just bad luck, or do you, do you think the mat has a point that? Part of that is down to the formation and maybe to an extent the personnel. Mark, to you first. Uh, I don't think you can blame the, the formation. You know, we, we're playing in a, in a defensive manner that it, it requires us to, you know, get bodies into the box and make it difficult for the opponents to kind of create that space. And so I, I wouldn't put it down to the, the, the formation and I wouldn't put it down to the personnel either. It, it is just unfortunate. You know, we have been blessed that we haven't scored too many own goals this season and it's just kind of luck of the draw that we've we've hit two in. Obviously, the first one, Joe Bryan, uh, it's coming off him and, and what we were discussing, you know, before the pod, it, it could easily have been a, a penalty just beforehand. One that, you know, we were likely to have given away. Uh, and then the second one, Dennis Adoy, out of position. He can't see the ball. And then when he can, it's too late. And it's just, again, it's unlucky. I, I don't think having a load of players in the box is going to, you know, make it. Obviously, statistically, it's going to make a higher chance of scoring own goal. But, you know, these are professional footballers. And, and sometimes luck just it happens to strike. And I, just, I can't think you can put it down to having a, a, a ton of players just milling around in the in the area. Yeah, because when you read, you know, we scored two goals, you've got to think one of them would have been like a mental mistake, like um, uh, the Gary Neville back pass to Paul Robertson exactly. in Croatia. Exactly. All but the kind, the the kind of goals that we scored, you know, they they were so quick to happen that you can't really put too much blame on the defenders to an extent. You know, Joe Bryan's just sticking a leg out; it's going to go somewhere. He just couldn't react in time to hook it away. Dennis Adoy, I don't know if he had any chance to react to that or if he's, you know, you can see a slight bit of movement on the head, but I don't know whether he's trying to uh, put that out for a corner or try to glance it away. You you just don't know. John, what was your sort of take on the own goals? Do you, th- again, same question as it was to Mark. Do you think it comes down to bad luck or do you think that uh, the formation and, and the personnel played, played a part in, uh, played a part in it? Um. I think we should first mention Shirley's goal, which was an absolute beaut. We were winning at the time. So I was I was at work and hearing that we were winning after two minutes was just a I had to pinch myself. I thought, here we go, you know. We we've we've got a we've got a foothold in this game. And then watching back, yeah, it, it I think that Brian was lucky not to give away a penalty. And I think karma slightly came into it and um the ball the ball went up went in off him. Adoy's, I don't even know if he saw that ball. For me, I think it just hit him between the eyes. I don't. I think he kind of, you know, had no idea what was going on. What you, what you would like to think when you've got three at the back, I mean, or five at the back, is that, you know, one of the central three would, would be clearing these balls. And then you've got the other two kind of covering, covering the defending players. But I can't think of many convincing clearances that Fulham have done all season, even before the goals. The ball was bobbling about our box. 
you know, we, we're trying to we're trying to get rid of it, and it goes up or it goes sideways. It, we don't clear our lines at all well, and it, it was unlucky. I mean, four shots on target for us, zero shots on target for them, and they scored twice as many goals as us. That that's incredibly unfortunate. There are teams who play farther the back who don't concede two own goals, and, and I don't blame the formation or 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 really, you know, it wasn't massive errors by our defence, but um. As soon as Bernie went down, they put the pressure on us. We didn't really seem to know how to deal with it. And it goals in two or three minutes. You couldn't write it. You really couldn't write it. No, indeed. And you mentioned that you know, we had, you know, the damning statistic from this is going to be that they scored two goals without having a single shot on target. We only managed four shots on target. Do you think we should be doing better? Against the likes of Burnley, you know, given the, given the firepower we have and the creative ability we have at our potential, with the likes of Scherler and Sessiano and Mitrovic, and to an extent Seri, do you think that the um, you know the defense has to take some blame for this? Do you, do you think the attack needs to shoulder some of this blame as well for for not pulling out a result, John? To you, I think of, of course they do. I mean, we had some edge chances, and a natural fact, um, you know, we, we hit the bar. Sess had a good header and there were a couple of goal line clearances and, and Heaton made saves that Rico wasn't wasn't even an ask to. To be honest, it's all really depressing. I, I don't really know when where to look. I mean this this was a, for me a must not lose game and really a win would kind of keep us in with with a good chance. It's just massively deflating. I mean, we've gone from last season riding a crest, such feel good fact such feel good factor, and then this season, we can't put a foot right. The, the thing that gets me, and the thing that I think is is we're missing and we're giving away is momentum. So last season, we went on that brilliant unbeaten 23-game run and momentum was with us. Everything was going our way. We were demoralising teams. Teams thought, how are we going to get the ball off them? How are we going to score against them? And and we were, we were keeping clean sheets with actually a really quite shaky defence, I think. And things would go away this season it's just the complete opposite we couldn't keep a clean sheet so we went through a run of games conceding in the first minute or two so I mean you've probably been practicing all week look guys everyone's in the dressing room look let's not concede boom within 120 seconds we've conceded I mean how demoralizing is that against against Leicester against Wolves we're winning we do the hard we do the hard graph we get the lead and then we just gift it straight back to them in this game we're winning and then within 20 minutes we're Two one down, and they've not had a shot on target. It, momentum is massive in football, and we we seem to be trying to get water from a stone to, to to grab it, and then we just offer it to teams who who don't necessarily deserve it willy nilly. We've never had firm footing all season, and it's so upsetting to watch. But it's you know we in the games that we've lost, it's not necessarily that we deserve to lose them. It's just. Some of them we have, but oh, we, we, we can't frustrate the opposition. We cannot do it. We cannot. And in the Premier League, which is just, we're being shown to look slightly, slightly like amateurs, really. You need to frustrate them. You need to get their fans on their back. You need to make things difficult. And we've not made things difficult for anyone, really. Yeah, I um, I want to bring up the point of lucky. You mentioned last season how we were on a crest of the crest of a wave and how we were just blowing teams, blowing teams out of the water. Do you, I, I want to bring luck back into it again? Do you think that maybe we used up our own, our, we used up all our luck last year? I think someone was making the point that this uh, today is the one year anniversary of beating Middlesbrough 
away and how again they had like two clear penalties not given our oh, one was a dodgy one they had like again they had 10 shots on target we didn't have that many mark i saw following on from what from what john said do you have any sort anything to add about how have we gone from the state we're in last year to the state we're in this year well how, i don't know how long you want to answer that question because uh, it feels like everything's gone wrong in, in that in that period so long, time. As under, so long as it's under an hour <laughs> we've got a time schedule to keep I mean, I'll, I'll go back to your original question of, of what's going on with that kind of the front three, and and do they have to kind of burden some of this? Uh, absolutely, they do. They're not they're not playing well enough, and um, you know, as much as Mitro is the is the sweetheart of the club, and and Sessegnon will always, you know, be uh, be right in everyone's hearts. I, I feel like we need to start looking at everyone, and and especially the forward line, and thinking we need to score more goals. Mitro's only got one in his last ten. Um, that's not good enough for uh, for our striker. His delivery and and the consistency in that delivery has also not been good enough. I think Joe Bryan was probably our best kind of outlet for getting balls into the box uh, against Burnley. And when it's down to your fullback, you know the wingers need to be putting in a bit more. Uh, and and like you said, confidence and momentum are so important in in this game. And when you know a lot of your players are either a inexperienced in this league, which a lot of them are, uh, or b just work off of confidence, like Mitro seems to be when he, when he's good, he's on fire, and uh, and when he's cold, you know he's freezing. So. Getting that momentum is something. It's it's so much harder said than uh, easier said than done. Sorry. So it, it's just going to be a case of when is that luck going to turn? And unfortunately, I, I don't think it will. I I really can't see a a run of games now like we had just gone at Christmas that could have set us up for a, a, a nice kind of positive end to the season. I can't see that happening anymore. We, we've got a really torrid uh, February March kind of fixture list that's coming up, and and by the end of that, I fear it'll be way too late. So unless we start really kind of brushing up our ideas, we'll be in the championship next season. I've got no doubt about that. You've basically stolen what was going to be my next question, which is how do how do we fix this going forward? But it appears to you that it may be time you know, to start looking about how to fix things when and if we go down and you know, sort of sod the, sod the rest of this yeah. season. Are you, are you, basically, are you, basically, are you waving the white late. flag? I'm not waving the white flag. I just think it's too late for this team now. I think we need to start genuinely preparing ourselves for life in the championship and working out how we're going to deal with that. And if, if we can pull it out and pull off a, a miracle, people have been comparing it to the great escape. That just shows you what kind of dire straits we're in. The fact that we're having to compare this season, if we want to reserve our Premier League status for next year, the fact we're going to have to pull off another great escape. It's ridiculous to even think about the fact that we're in this situation. But the point is that we are here. Uh, and if I don't see any of the team that we have right now even getting close to that great escape team, which was genuinely a good side, um, and I can't see us ever matching what, what they achieved. So I, I think we can kiss our Premier League status goodbye. Right. Uh, John, it's up to you to save the rest of this segment now. So can you cheer us up? Are you waving the white flag as well? Or, are you, or do you still maintain and still have some... A shred of hope over all this. I mean, there's always hope. I'll wave the white flag because Fulham we're white. Um, to be to be honest, the comparisons with the Great Escape season seem seem you know it would be another Great Escape, but the comparisons with the 2014 season when we got relegated seem much closer to the mark. As as a squad, we, we have we have strength. There is, there is strength there, I believe. Um, the defence isn't, so we've put an extra player there. Mitro is a strength. The service, I've on the WhatsApp group especially, I've been very critical of Brian. I've not seen anything at all in him, but he was good. He was putting in brilliant deliveries, and you know that that that's a that's a shining light. Look, 
it's not over. We we could we could definitely do this with or without replacements. I think now that the real question is the replacements. I mean, we we need to get players in, and are we getting players in to? Are we going boom or boom and bust, or are we trying to plan for next season? I mean, not personally for me, getting players who could improve us but would imp- would stick around and be with us next year in the championship would be my angle. Just just th- you know throwing wages, money at kind of, has, I say has-beens, because, you know, they're not necessarily has-beens, but players who won't be with us next season, that, that seems really naive to me and foolish. And something that really, really kind of, um, I've got to put my hold my hands up and say that, you know, I think a lot of Fulham fans were very dismissive of Cardiff last season. Who were the better team as they finished above us? And this season in the transfer window, we were all mocking Cardiff because they were buying championship players for the Premier League. And actually, We've all got to have a bit of a look at ourselves and say, well, they're they're doing better than us and they're in a better position than us. So, you know, I think when Slav left, our kind of snobbery of being a footballing side went out the window and the ownership and, and the transfer dealings, we look incredibly foolish, to be honest. And um, we've had tiny squads for the last few seasons as, as they start this season and the season before and kind of multiple transfers coming in at the end of the window and you could, you know who knows how they're going to perform and I just can't see anything with that happening again next season and I, I, if we do get relegated I wouldn't be putting any money on us being anything I would hope for mid-table at best really I, I'm honestly that kind of pessimistic yeah. Now you mentioned the ownership in in the middle of that. Very, very, very excellent points uh, and points you raised. You mentioned the ownership, and I don't think we can really uh, not talk about what happened on social media after the game. Tony Khan, who is I, you know, I still don't know what what exactly his role is or what his official title is in in the whole thing. Because to be honest, my I'm not smart enough to know all the various ins and outs and goings on at boardroom level. Shahikhan's the owner, that's as much as I that's as much as I know. His comments afterwards, I th- everyone knows what it is by now, so I'm not gonna so I'm not gonna spell it out. Um Mark, do you agree with the way well not not, not the way, but they, the whole situation. Do you agree with what Tony Khan did? Or do you think that it could have been handled slightly more diplomatically? Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, it could have been handled more diplomatically, but I mean, I don't know why everyone. I don't think I've actually seen too many people get uh, Fulham fan-wise get you know upset about it. I don't think what he said uh, was out of order. I think you know the amount of stick he gets, uh, win, lose, or draw, he's entitled to his own opinion. It's his on his own Twitter account. He doesn't say it representing the club, although he's an ambassador to our club and he's got a high role. He doesn't speak on behalf of Fulham, so um, I wasn't upset about that. I've got a lot of respect for for the Khans for taking on the Fulham project, and I think they've put a lot of investment into our club. So I I, I completely defend them, and I don't I don't mind. I don't see any problem in in how Tony spoke to to a disgruntled fan because you know I, I feel like I'd say the exact same, if not worse, uh, if I was you, met with some of the abuse he gets. But do you think that it's sort of it's behaviour? Uh, it's the sort of behaviour that you'd want from from someone who's high up in in a football club you know if he'd have said you know if he'd have, again go back to handle more diplomatically um if i if he just said i understand your frustrations we're working hard so on and so forth that obviously would have been better rather than rather than the response that he gave 
Yeah, look, I mean, it's not as if he swore at the guy. He told him to go to hell. I mean, some of the stuff that gets thrown around on Twitter is a lot worse than that. I understand your point about, you know, he he, he does have this position that he holds and he does, you know, represent the club and, and, and this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, he's he's a normal guy like me and you. And, and like I said, some of the abuse he gets online is, you know, scandalous. And some of the stuff we, we read all the time. And, and it's not Fulham fans that, that are, are always culpable of this. There's a whole host of people that get involved and, and people like to jump on anything that uh, kind of they think they can kind of make a social media storm out of. And it's just another just another headline for me. I don't think it bears any kind of uh, resemblance in the club at all. And I, I, I still back Carl to, to do it again if he had to. Fair enough. John, I suppose that um, sort of following on and talking about the uh, how uh, higher-ups of football clubs should behave, um, did you sort of let Al Fayed's comment all those years ago, you know, anyone who didn't like the Michael Jackson said you can you know, go to hell and support Chelsea or whatever whatever the exact words were, did you feel offended then and did you sort of feel offended at, at what uh, Tony Khan said? Or no, no not offended because it wasn't directed at you, but again, just feel... Uh, upset or somewhat I can't find the right words but you know what I'm trying to say yeah it's funny you say that because you stole my point with it I was going to say it just it makes me reminisce about when um, Alfie said that I, I thought he was a bit out of order but you know he did a lot for the club I think I think the Khan's hearts are in the right place and I, I I appreciate the money and the time they're putting into the club I I struggle to feel so much sympathy um, for them really I'm, we're dying as a club like the fans are we've gone from the highest high to kind of almost the lowest low. And, you know, when, when you, when you see Tony Khan, I don't want him saying that he's shown passion. He's, you know, he's here, he's going to die. That, that, that's actually what you want to hear. Um, Here's the thing. Yeah. The, the, I'll die at this club. I think everyone can understand. It's the go to hell bit that sort of caused all, caused all the controversy. He's like, I'll die. You know, I'm, I'm willing to die for the, you know, I'll die at this club. I don't think anyone's got a problem with that. It's the go to hell bit that has caused all the all the uproar. I, I think he's I think he's got a lot of stick, and I think some of some of the criticism is deserved, but some of the abuse is, is certainly not. And and you know, you you don't want the owners feeling disconnected from the fans. I think the fans have felt slightly disconnected from the owners, but but you you don't want that. It's not going to help us in any way, shape, or form. I mean, the things that frustrate me are are really that. Like if 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 a player was playing badly and a team was underperforming, and then you heard the player had decided to start a fashion line, and he was spending hours developing a fashion line rather than tra- rather than training, you'd be like, "What the what the fuck are you doing?" You know what I mean? Like get on the bloody pitch, improve results. And obviously, with with his finger in so many pies or pastries, whatever he's. Um... We're looking at you, Paul Pogba. Clearly, we're looking at you, Paul Pogba. <laughs> no, he's you know he's no. Well, I'm looking more at the wrestling and all and all that kind of jazz. It, it, you know, if you're not if you're not performing at what you're doing, then you need you need to concentrate on it. You don't need to start three other things. Oh, passion, passion is good. I think that owning a football club and management is just incredibly difficult, and actually, a lot of it is based on luck. I think when um, the window was over in the summer, almost every Fulham fan was happy. All the pundits were saying, "Oh, Fulham won't go down." Um, Fulham have made some really astute signings. When Slav was kind of on the borderline, there were surveys done. Who would you like in charge? Ranieri came out on top, and that's what that's what we did. So, you know, the majority of the fans are kind of agreeing with what the Khans have done. Yet it's not worked out. That that is, in essence, luck. So much of it's luck, and and I think they've been very un, unlucky as owners. They have a role in everything 
good that's happened. They also have a role in everything bad that's happened. I think for me, there's just an overwhelming amount of negative things happening at the club. The ticket pricing for me is a joke. It's well overpriced. I went to almost every home game last season, but I went through a friend. So I tried to get a season this season ticket this year because I had no history. I couldn't get one. I didn't get an email back saying no. Um, I'm going to the ground like at, at the FA Cup game. Like No turnstiles are open. It's like, what the hell? The people coming to the game, they know how many tickets they sold. You go there... Every time at halftime, the, the people who serve you, they're surprised you want a beer. Oh, we've run out of burgers. Like, how the hell can you run out of beer and burgers? That's exactly like your football club. You, you, you almost couldn't have enough of it. And I think just all of this stuff is amassing. And, 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 and we've lost the feel good from last season so quickly. I wouldn't even have thought it was possible to, to lose all of that. Getting rid of Slav for me was a big thing, the kind of beautiful game that we were playing, the idealistic football we were playing. All gone out the window. Um, Tony Khan has responsibility for a lot of this and he needs to take a long, hard look at himself. And the comments he's made saying, oh, we're going to go, it seems to me we're going to go boom. We're going to try and get players in and keep us up. I, I think it's naive. I think we actually have to look at what Cardiff have done, preparing to go down, but hoping to stay up. How can we not be doing that now? I mean, surely yeah. that would be the sensible decision. Yeah. You know, it's a case you talk about boom. It's a case of it, it's it's double the risk, but there's also double the double the downfall if it all goes wrong. You know, we were talking. Um, I don't want to turn this into a trans into a transfer window special sort of thing because, as far as I'm aware, nothing's really concrete. Nothing's been you know, moved forward since last week, other than Ryan Babel, which I'll believe when I see. But no, are we? We don't want to take this gamble of paying you know four or five players X amount of money. And then not being able to, and then say if we go down, not being able to move them on, then being put in an even bigger problem when we get down to the championship. It is, as I say, double the risk, double double the downfall. Uh, Mark, sort of any uh, other points you want to uh, add to what John's been saying before we move on? I think we've covered everything there. Absolutely everything. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm behind Tony Khan all the way <laughs> after that comment. Fair enough. Good. In which case, it's time to move, it's time to move away from Burnley. Thank God, um, and move on to the quiz. Fulham. Right. Welcome back. It's time for the quiz. And seeing as we're playing Spurs on the weekend, crying in the corner is optional over this whole thing because it's not going to be looking good. But anyway, let's try and keep it cheerful. Three rounds over this. Um, Danny hasn't gone given me the how many points everyone can get, and I can't be bothered to do up the counting. So just keep a track of it yourselves at home. Now, Mark, for round one, we have set one and set two. Which one do you want? Uh, set one, please. Mark will take set one. Okay, let me just doodle out a little scorecard. Okay, set one. This is based on league appearances only. This is the head to head round, based on league appearances only. Who managed or played more games for their club? This is supposed to be Fulham, okay? So, who managed or played more? Harry Redknapp or Slavisa Jakanovic? So, who managed more league games? Um, I'll go with uh, Harry Redknapp, King of the Jungle. King of the Jungle. He's never going to live that down, is he? Um, you are indeed correct. Harry Redknapp had 144 league um, managerial game. It says appearances here. That's why it's confusing me. Harry Redknapp had 144 and Slavita Kenovic 126. Now, here's a doozy if you remember this. Did Adel Tarapt have more appearances for us 
or did he have more appearances for Spurs? Um, I will say he had more appearances for Spurs. That is incorrect, unfortunately. He had 12 appearances for us and only nine for Spurs, which I think is, which I think is a bit of a shock. But anyway, no points for you. <laughs> now, this is up to the current time because you'll understand why. Luka Modric or Tom Kearney? Again, this is just league games. Um. Oh, God, that's that's going to be quite tight. I'll go with... Uh, oh, no, because Kearney gets injured quite a lot, doesn't he? Um <laughs> I'm actually going to, based on that one fact, I'm going to go uh, with uh, Luka Modric. You were wrong to trust your instinct. Tom oh. Kenny has the With 135 league appearances compared to Modric's, 127. So it was a close one. Ooh. And finally, Peter Crouch or Hugo Rodiega? Surely Peter Crouch. Surely. Surely Peter Crouch? No, surely it isn't. It was Hugo Rodiega. Oh Hugo Rodiega, 75 league games for Fulham. Peter Crouch, 73 league games for Spurs. Oh, he made 73 league games. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. Moving on. Right, so John, that means you take set two. By the way, Mark, you scored one for that round. Okay, so John, you means you get set two. Right. Who played more for their respective clubs? Kyle Walker or Steve Finnan? Oh, I'm still shocked by the um, the answers for the first round. To be honest, I would have gone exactly how Mark did. Um, oh, um, sorry, Steve Finnan and Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. I want to say Kyle Walker, and you'd be correct to say that because Kyle Walker had 183 and Steve Finnan had 173. Moving on, sharing the clubs again. Did Jamie O'Hara have more appearances for Spurs or for us? Jamie O'Hara. I thought he played for Spurs quite a bit, but that question tells me that he didn't. I'm st- I'm going to go with Spurs, but he couldn't have played for us. Yeah, Spurs. You're going Spurs? Nope, it was Fulham, unfortunately. Set 37 wow. league games for us compared to 34 for Spurs. So again, another close one. Right, moving on. Question number three. Aaron Lennon or Luis Boamorte? Um, Lennon was there forever, so I'm going to say Lennon, but... But? There's a but. What's the but? Well, the, the but is that well, I'm still going for Lennon, but I think I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you'd be wrong to say that you're wrong because it's Aaron Lennon. 267 compared to 205. Uh, to lose Beaumont here. Right, moving on. Question number four. So you've got a point for that one. Question number four. Lucas Piazon or Andros Townsend? Like Kearney, Piazon was injured a fair bit, but um, I don't think Townsend was ever a mainstay in their team. I'll go for Piazon. And you'd be correct. Lucas Piazon had 51 and Andros Townsend had 50. So by the skin of your teeth, do you get out of that? No, it's a bit close. These are these yeah, are potluck. I know they are. There, there's some doozies in there. There's some doozies in there. But there's an even bigger doozy coming up with the guests to play around in round three. But before that, we've got to go to round two, which is back and forth, and you get five guesses each for this. Name any player that has signed for Fulham permanently. So we're not counting loans permanently during the January transfer window since it was introduced in 2003. So this is permanent January signings. Since January 2003. Okay, so we're not counting loans. Okay, John, you get to go first. 
See if you can name one. Mitroglu. Because it is Mitroglu. Bang on. Exactly. Everyone tries to forget that. By the way, there are 28 to choose from. So there's plenty. So there's plenty of variety to go around. But uh, Mark gets one for Mitroglu. Uh, John, over to you. You get number two. Uh, you, you, mean, you mean John gets that for Mitroglu. It's my guy. <laughs> that was I, I, I can go again if you want. <laughs> Apologies, I knew I knew that I knew this was wrong. I knew I should have done right. Okay, so yeah, John gets the point from Metroglu. Mark, you get guess number two. This is why J Mac should be permanent host. I can't do these things. Right, so Mark, um, I'm gonna go guess. with uh yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Hangland. Red Hangland, another obvious one, but a safe one. So yes, a point for you. John, back to you. Um Neverland. Eric Neverland. Indeed, gets another point. Mark, you. Um, oh, see, I was going to go with a uh, with someone. Oh, I don't think he came in the uh, in there. Um, not Richard Stearman, or was he in the? I think he was in the summer. I'm going to go Richard Stearman. You're going to go Richard Stearman. That is incorrect. He did come in in the summer. Oh. So that means John gets to steam ahead. John, another guess for you. I'm amazingly stumped at this. Um, Buaza. Hammer Buaza? Frankie, that is a very random yeah. name, and even more random because it is an incorrect answer, I'm afraid. He was a summer under Laurie Sanchez. Uh, Mark, back to you. Um, oh, I'm trying to think who else we brought in in that Metroglou window. Um I'm going to say Johnny Heitinger, but I'm not sure if he was on loan or if he was a permanent signing. I'll go with Johnny Heitinger. Um, Johnny Heitinger is on the list, although I'm sort of into your frame. I'm in your frame of mind. Danny provided these questions as he does the boss of the whole thing. He provided these, but I'm not 100% sure over these, so I'm ruling with Danny. So if you have any questions, blame him. Um, John, you've got two guesses left. Oh. I honestly can't believe how badly I'm struggling. Um, Mamadou Diara. Mamadou Diara is not on the list, unfortunately. So, Mark, you get a chance to get one back here. Uh, I'm I'm glad uh, John didn't get this one because it came to me about a, a second after I said Johnny Heitinger. Um, probably my one of my all-time favourite January uh, signings, Pavel Pogrebniak. Pavel Pogrebniak is not on the list. I think what? Made... we definitely signed him in January. Blame Danny, blame Danny, blame Danny. I will, I, I will I, blame Danny. I, I, there was because there was, I remember because I met William Quist because uh, we, uh, a couple of us won a, a sort of competition to have lunch with the players. And I did ask William Quist because he was at Stuttgart the time we bought or loaned around with Pogramia. And I think he was saying that basically we bought out the last six months of his contract. So, in my mind, you're right. However, I've got to go with the official ruling of Danny Boy. So, any if I lose any by problems, one point, I'm coming for Danny. Yeah, blame yeah, blame him. Um, right, John, you've got one last guess. Um, Lionel Cole. Lionel Cole is an excellent shout because he is on the list. Very well done. That means Mark, you've got a lot of pressures on here. You've got one more guess. Um. I think because you, I always think of this player when people talk about Lionel Cole. Um, I'm going to say Ryan Tonicliffe. Bingo! Exactly. Came came from Manchester United. So you get a point for that. That Game means going one. into the yeah, 
Going into the final round, John has six and Mark has four. So still plenty to play for as we go to guess the player. But for disclosure, we'll go through the list that Danny has provided. Again, any errors, him. Um, so we've got Collins John. We've got Carlos Bocanegra. We've got Brian McBride. Shame on both of you for not knowing him. We've got Moritz Volts, Ian Pierce, Tony Warner, Antti Niemi, Simon Elliott, Michael Brown, Clint Dempsey, Simon Davis, Alexi Schmertin, Breda Hangland, Leon Andreasen, Eric Neverland, Eddie Johnson, Tony Callio, Yari Lipmanen, Julian Gray, Christopher Buchtman, Steve Sidwell, Ryan Williams, Ryan Tunnicliffe, Larnell Cole, Kostas Mitroglu, Johnny Heitinger, Michael Medill, and Cyrus Christie. So there's the 28th uh, that Danny has provided. So if you got it, similar to this is Richmond Osmond uh, in Pointless, isn't it? So well done to you if you got any of them at home. Painful right. listening to them. It <laughs> is. Some of them, <laughs> some of them you should have got. Right. Now, this gets the play around. Um, because it is so difficult, I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to say, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to sort of bracket it in points. Basically, if you get it on clue one, you get 10. If you get it on clue two, you get nine, so on and so forth. Just because it's so hard, I want you to be rewarded. That means it's all to play for, and anyone can get the anyone can get this. So, are you guys ready? It is a doozy. Question or fact number one. This player is five foot eight tall. Fact number two. He is currently playing in Turkey. Question three, or fact three. He has represented his country of birth, which is in Africa. Fact number four. He made 11 appearances for Fulham, all coming on as a sub. Fact number five. He signed for Fulham on deadline day of a January transfer window. You just mentioned him. Oh, God. Is, is anyone any the closer? No. Oh, I've got someone no. in mind, but I don't think it's right. Okay, moving on. Number six. He scored his only goal in a 2-2 draw with Blackburn Rovers at the hammy end. Number seven, this is why I didn't mention him. He was a loan signing. Oh, I think I know it. Go on. If you think you know it, who is it? Is it, is it Syriac? Okay, oh, Mark is going for Syriac. Great shout. Mark is going for Syriac. I shall make a note of that. Okay, moving on. John, feel free to shout. You've still got you've still I got don't this. think I'm going to be shouting. <laughs> Okay, number eight. He is a striker. Number nine. His last appearance was in the playoff first leg against Reading in 2017. Oh, well, I think it's Syriac as well now. That's a great show, Mark. You're going for Syriac? Do you want oh, to put Syriac down as your answer? Well, I mean, it's it's, it's not the um, showstopper, but yeah, I th well, I think that's what it is. You're putting that down as well. Okay, and the last one. He was only ever managed by Slavisa Jakanovic at Fulham. We have to go through 10. It was indeed Gobi Syriac, which means, Mark, because you got it on fact number seven. One, two, three. Yes, you got it on fact number seven. You get four points. And, John, you get two points, which... 
oh, for the sake of this, you get, it ends up as a it ends up as a draw. You both well, get I'll eight plug, points. Plug I, think, I think we give that to him. I think we give that to Mark because um, <laughs> yeah, he deserves all, all the points there. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Karen Fry for when you said Turkey, but I, I thought that as well. But um, yeah. there we go. Right, okay. So yes, Mark, very well done on you for winning the quiz. John's very graciously given it over to you. So as your present, you get a personal first-class seat on the way to hell, courtesy of Tony Khan. He's <laughs> bought you a ticket first-class all the way. So well done to you. Right, moving on. Let's go and look forward to the Spurs game. Fulham. Right, guys, I'm just basically going to throw this. I just basically throw this out. I don't have any specific questions. I'm just going to throw. I'm just going to throw open the. I was going to say throw open the phone lines, but that's radio DJ talk. But you, you know what I'm saying. Throw this open. Anyone has any sort of thoughts or anything they wish to say about the Spurs game? Just go ahead, fire, fire it at me, Mark. You go first. Um, I, I suppose the biggest thing. I'm, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to the game. I think you know. Uh, I love having you know the, the the country's best players come to the cottage, and it'll be on Sky, um, so there'll be loads of pressure, and we'll probably crumble uh, incredibly. But that all being said, if you ever have a good time to play Spurs, um, this is probably the best we can hope for. Son, who's been incredible for them, is obviously off to the Asia Games, um, and it looked like Kane took a bit of a knock in the, in that game against Manchester United right at the end there. So uh, if they're missing those two, I think that's about as best as we can hope for, really. Um, it, it's kind of a running theme at the moment, isn't it, that uh, a lot of teams are, are missing their best players when they... Uh, when they come to the cottage, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, well, I was going to say it hasn't served us much luck so far, but the, that, that just says enough about the quality of their team. That the best thing about it is that maybe two of their good players won't be on offer, but they've got about a million more that will uh, that will fill it in nicely. So, yeah, you mentioned their son and Harry Kane. Uh, well, son definitely missing because he's away with the Asia Games. Harry Kane, we saw it, you know, limped off, but there's not been any sort of concrete uh, news or anything confirmed about the legitimacy or the seriousness of, of his injury. So I was going to say we can only hope, but that seems, that seems harsh on Harry Kane, who I actually quite like. Um, but as the weekend game against Burnley showed, they don't even need their best players to score goals for them. We can do it ourselves. So it's not going to be a massive a massive issue if they're, if they're forwards, if their forwards aren't playing. Uh, John, so same same thing up to you. Is there any or what, what can we do, I suppose? What can we do to get something out of this game is there anything that we can do or you know uh, as mark said earlier, should we just be waving the white flag or at this stage already um well definitely should be waving the white flag i throughout the season have realized that there's never a good time to play anyone when you fill them we haven't got any points off any of the, of the of the big six we haven't looked likely it's kind of do or die now it's not a game that we're expected to get points from so the momentum i spoke about earlier this this could be a massive swing to be honest Spurs have no midfield, no, no sitting midfielders. They've got Winks and Sissoko. Sissoko looks injured. Um, Kane's injured. Delhi missed a few a few sitters. Son's gone. You would have thought this was a good time to play them, but it's always a good time to play Fulham. Never a good time for Fulham to play anyone. We just need to go, we just need to go for it. Really, it, it's it's beyond the point. I think it's almost beyond the point of nerves, and maybe this game will actually help us. Where we're not, we, there is really no expectation on our shoulders. We just have to, we just have to go for it, really. Um, I'm sure we'll play five at the back, but we we need to score goals. I doubt we'll keep a clean sheet. I would like to see us just play to the play to the strengths that we have and and just go for the juggler. I mean, 
if we lose trying to defend, is that worse than losing trying to win? Not for me. Okay, so so similar things to how we um, question to how we you know, ended up last week, or rather how we ended last week. In terms of formation and personnel, do you just you know Mark mentioned about continuity earlier on? Do you want to see us stick with the the five two three against Spurs? You know, because in a sense, in a sense, it worked. We kept Burnley at bay. We just you know we just gifted them the goals. So is there maybe the Maybe the line of thought that you know it kept it kept their defense out. Maybe five of the back could could keep the Spurs' defense out. Mark, do you is that the way you want to sort of think about it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know we we've we're trying to turn the cottage into a, 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 as much of a oh, it sounds pathetic, doesn't it? A fortress this season, uh, or we're trying to at least get some points at the cottage. It's probably the best place we're going to get any after our. Dismal away record continues, but I, I still think you know sticking with the five at the back, and and we say five, it, it really is, uh, unless we're completely under the caution and we've got to defend out of our own box. Which you know, even if we were playing four at the back when we're on the back foot, we're going to have that many players back anyway. So um, I, I see it uh, kind of attacking merits more than I do its defensive, I guess. Um, and so getting that width is going to be really important. And and like you said as well, we're going to kind of go man for man in that midfield. I'm I'm thinking with the way that we play two holding and uh, and Spurs kind of favour the diamond of late. Uh, I think we're going to kind of be able to get stuck into them. But then again, I. I I'm so pessimistic. I really don't fancy our chances. Uh, I'd, I'd just like to see us give it a good go, um, and, and hopefully we can do what we've done a, f- a few times this season, which is hold out for a, a good result at nil-nil uh, or or one-nil at half-time. Uh, and then at the moment, it is just that second-half performance that is has been lacking uh, quite a lot uh, at the cottage. But you know, hopefully we can turn that around and fingers crossed. You know, maybe pull off a, a draw. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think a draw would be necessarily a bad result. Um, if there are some people who think um, that we can get out of this, some people do still hold on to the belief. Then, by all means, a draw would be, you know, a turning point would be, you know, would be something to build on. Um, John, I don't again. I don't want to turn this into a transfer into into a transfer seg- segment. But do you think there's any chance that we can get any of these deals across the line and uh, present someone with, you know? Get a get a new player into the starting lineup ahead of Spurs, or do you think that it's going to be uh, same old, same old, and you know we're going to have to deal with you know maybe an unchanged side from as it was against Burnley? Um, I, I can't. I mean, we might get a signing before the game, but I can't see a signing starting. It's just too late. I mean, the, the transfer window. I think we spoke about this last year, but the transfer window frustrates the hell out. I mean, why you need a month when everything happens in the last week? I, I don't understand. Um, these are the games while you're in the Premier League. From I, I think I could already pick the team or very close to it. It doesn't mean that I agree with the team. I just think that we're now consistent and, and slight, slightly predictable. I mean, for me, Tottenham have no midfield, really. They've, lost, they've got no defensive holding midfielders in their team. So, personally, I would like to try and use Seri Kearney and the Chambers and, and and play a three in the middle and try and try and overwhelm them. I mean, we, we couldn't overwhelm um, Oldham. So I'm not greatly hopeful that would work. But if I was the manager, that that's what I would do. Although I probably wouldn't be playing off a 5-4-1 as it is. Um, look, you're in the league for games like this. We've had, we've not had an upset. Everything's gone to script or worse. Like, let's just do it. You know, let let's... Here we go. There's not that many more games at the cottage where we can beat a top side. So, 
let's make this the start of the momentum because without momentum we are stuffed um signing wise we we shall see but i I think this is too too soon for any signing to come in and make an impact possibly off the bench but even that's quite unlikely yeah indeed now i suppose it's time for sort of an official uh, an official prediction from the from the both of you uh mark give us your official uh, official prediction for for sunday's game if it's, I think it's a bit impossible that John has actually made me feel more pessimistic about the game than optimistic. <laughs> um, so I would have said one-one about three minutes ago, but uh, I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to say Spurs are going to win three-one. Yeah, John does kind of had that had that pessimistic effect on, <laughs> on a lot of people. Um, John, I suppose the same question goes out to you. Uh, your official prediction. Um, I'm sorry about that, guys. I, I hope we win. I'm I'm going to be there. I'm going to be cheering. Um, I've got a funny feeling we're not going to score. I think it might be 3 0 to them. Fair enough. I don't think there's much, much more to add, or maybe that maybe should be added, which means it's time for us to end this edition of the Full and Focus podcast. Thank you every ever so much for listening in. We appreciate it ever so much. As always, I suppose we need to plug the website. Uh, loads of Q&As, loads of quizzes, loads of interviews, loads of blogs, loads of everything that you could ever want for if your focus is on Fulham. Um, so all that's left for us to say is that once again, thanks very much for joining. I've been Matthew Borden. You can follow me on Twitter at MattReese63 at M-A-T-T-R-H-Y-S 6-3. Mark, it's a goodbye from him, and I think you can follow him on Twitter as well, can't you? Uh, yeah, I'm on at Mark White Sport, but thanks very much for this afternoon, Matthew. Lovely. And John, same thing to you. Yeah, pr- pleasure doing business with you, lads. Um, I might be pessimistic, but, you know, there's still hope. Come on, let's let's support us to the end. Yeah, let's. There's still hope. I was. You know, do you do you not have a pl- uh, Twitter that you wish to plug or anything that you wish to plug? Go on, it may as well. I mean, you could probably double my Twitter by following me, um, Shawbury <laughs> underscore Tart at, um, at yeah, Shawbury underscore Tart. But um, you nearly yeah. gave your email address away, didn't you? Well, that isn't my email, but yeah, um, <laughs> oh seven three. No, I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a, that's all for us to say. Um, well, again, one more time. Thanks very much for listening, and come on, you whites. Yeah.